The Medicare annual election period deadline is almost here. I'm Meredith Vieira, here with examples of people who started their search for coverage at MyHealthPolicy.com. Meet Larry. He likes doing things online, so he started at MyHealthPolicy.com. I took my time and found the coverage I was looking for, and done. Next is Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plans, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com and done. Switched to a better plan. And Michael. I met with a local licensed insurance agent face-to-face and done. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to compare top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including $0 premium plans, or call 1-800-GO-START. That's 1-800-GO-START. Meredith Vieira is a paid endorser. KF Agency operates MyHealthPolicy.com, not connected with or endorsed by the U.S. government or the federal Medicare program. A licensed insurance agent may call. No matter where you are in your wellness journey, immune support is crucial. That's why you need quality immune support that you can trust. Nature's Way Sambucus is the elderberry brand that you can count on to provide quality, traditional immune support. We pick our elderberries at their peak to deliver an elderberry extract rather than a juicer or powder so you know you're getting the best of what nature has to offer. Find your way to well with quality immune support from Nature's Way Sambucus. This statement has not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello again, Fight Fans. Welcome to episode 241 of the Neutral Corner Boxing Podcast. I am your host, Michael Montero for Ring Magazine, ringtv.com, and the Ring Digital YouTube channel. We got one hell of a show for you guys. TNC 241 for the week of October 24th. Tiafimo Lopez, the takeover, upsets Vasily Lomachenko inside the bubble at MGM Grand Saturday night. And then immediately, the boxing Twitter universe blew the F up. Is anyone really surprised? I'm not. It feels like some of you guys out there had these tweets sitting in your draft folder for years. And you finally got to tweet them. So some people are just having a great time. Uh, We saw some bad scorecards on both sides of the pond last weekend. We'll talk about that. As always... I ask you guys to please, 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 if you're watching right now live on YouTube, the Ring Digital YouTube channel, make sure you click that thumbs up button. Make sure that you share the video and get it out there. If you're listening live on Spreaker, do the same there, guys. The thumbs up, the likes, the follows, the shares, the subscribes, all that good stuff helps me tremendously. So uh, make sure you do that. Also, uh, no guest this week. I figured... Why bring a guest on? Because I know you guys want to talk about the big fight Saturday. Of course, nothing can take place in boxing without a little bit of controversy and a little bit of maybe exaggeration and extremism on boxing Twitter, boxing YouTube, just the entire boxing community. We'll talk all about that. So open phone lines. Uh, usually I do news notes and review preview before I take your calls. We're not doing that this this show, guys. So if you want to get in on the phones, and make your opinions heard, talk about the big fight Saturday, go ahead and call USA toll-free 213-267-7787. In the UK, toll-free 020-81-036051. All right, so um, a couple quick news items. Before I get to that, actually, the new issue of Ring Magazine, the December issue is out. 
And right on the cover, you see right there, Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua, the big matchup that we all want. This would be massive for boxing. We got a big special in there about it. So, guys, if you're looking for that stocking stuffer, this is the December issue. Look no further than the December issue of Ring Magazine. Ladies, if you're watching, the 5% of the viewers of the show that are female, hey, you want a stocking stuffer for your husband? You know what I'm saying? You, you want that holiday gift for your husband or for your boss, your coworker? Boom, here you go. Fellas, if you want to treat yourself for the holiday, uh, for the treat, the stocking stuff, whatever you want to call it, make sure you pick it up. And I know we're far away from the holidays. I'm just saying it's the December issue. So make sure you guys check that out. Okay, um, well, we already got a call. You know what? I think it's going to be one of those kind of shows, guys. There's going to be a lot of calls today. I'm going to jump right to it, man, because I know you guys are eager to talk about this. So, look, we're going to do the review preview, but 90% of this show is going to be dedicated to Lomachenko Lopez, and I think it should be. If you guys don't want that, you'll let me know. But I'm, I'm, I'm guessing, I'm assuming you guys want that. So let's jump over to the phones here. We'll take our first call. Uh, 447, you're on TNC. Go. Hey, Mike. How's it going? Good. I, uh, I, promised, I promised you that I would be calling in, so here I am. All right, brother. What you got? Um, so, yeah, yeah it's Lawrence from, uh, from London. Just mainly on the on the scorecards, on the draw scorecard that yourself, uh, Bud, and Andre Ward had. Um, I've I've sort of been beating this drum for a long time about scoring even round, and I feel like this is a really good example of why mm. we should do it more often. I gave you guys, um, you know, I, I saw your score and you said, you know, two and seven were swing rounds. So I watched it back, and I can see why. You know, those were both quite close rounds. The rest of the fight was pretty easy to score, to be honest. But those were, you know, perhaps debatable. I looked at the compi box. Lopez did outland and out, um, and his output was high on in both those rounds. But, you know, it's not definitive just looking at that. So coming away from that, I was thinking you, this is another case where if you're in a place where you've got to choose between a guy who's done, you know, thrown a couple more jabs and a guy that's thrown a couple more body shots, you should just score it even and move on to the next round because otherwise it's a really subjective sort of what do you like type of uh, sort of toss it in the air. And then you get these really weird scorecards where a guy who has clearly lost the fight mm-hmm. ends up getting a draw or in, in, in both the Wilder and Fury case and in this case, Everyone would think that scorecard stunk if it turned out with Lomachenko going home with, with his belt. But again, it's another good reason to not be too subjective or not try and you know, cut the fine line when it comes to scoring a round. If it's one of those swing rounds or one of those could be either way, why don't we just score it 10-10 and score the, the clean round for the guy that won it? Yeah, you bring up some really, really good points. And, and I have to fully admit, I'm one of those guys that's usually against even round scoring, but I think you may have converted me. I, I really, really do because, uh, for the record, I did go back and watch this fight a second time, and I had it one fifteen, one thirteen for Lopez. And what I did on upon the second viewing is I gave one of those two swing rounds to Lopez. That's really the only difference in my card. But um, I, you know, I'm with you. If you score very, very close rounds. 
even, uh, it might give a better representation. If you're not forced to choose a winner in a round where there really is no definitive winner, it may give a better indication, your scorecard in the end, of what actually took place in the fight. And uh, I, yeah, I, I, think I think you converted me, man. I think I'm converted. <laughs> it's only taken me two years, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to hear it. Um, but yeah, again, um, I think Lopez brought a great fight. Just a little yeah. bit of analysis on the fight. I think it, the the real difference was that he he responded to Lomachenko's footwork. His feet were just as fast, and his hands were just as fast or faster yes. than Lomachenko, and he had that sort of power to keep Lomachenko honest for the first seven, eight rounds, so or seven rounds at least. So, uh, yeah, really hats off to him. I didn't see how he could win it on the cards. I thought it was going to be one one sort of punch, the uh, chance. But Me too. He, he did a fantastic job. Yeah. So hats off to him. Uh, but, yeah, that's all for me, Mike. Thanks again for having me on. And a uh, great show as always. I'm going to sit back and listen to the rest of it. All right, brother. Good stuff, man. You definitely converted me. So there you go. <laughs> yes. All right, man. Have unanimous a good one. Decision. Yeah, unanimous. <laughs> well, you, it might have been a knockout on that one, but definitely, definitely ahead of the cards. So, all right, man. Have a good night. Let's see it. Cheers. Bye. Cheers. Yeah, guys. Uh, I, I think I'm converted on the even rounds thing because. And he brings up another good example of the first fight between Wilder and Fury. There are multiple swing rounds in that fight. If you score all those even, um, then you score, I mean, obviously Wilder, the two rounds where he knocks down Fury, he gets an extra point. But then there were a lot of rounds that Fury just kind of, there were some parallels in what we saw Saturday. And I said this in my breakdown, go back and watch. I didn't get the winner right, but I did get a lot of things right in some of my uh, analysis of what would take place. There were parallels in Lomachenko-Lopez to what we saw in the first Wilder Fury fight in that you had one guy doing almost nothing and you had one guy doing a little bit more than that. And some of those rounds you definitely give to Lopez just for activity, just the same way I gave uh, Fury several rounds against Wilder just out of activity and outboxing uh, Wilder. So, so there were some parallels. Of course, it's not an exact comparison. I'm just saying. And uh, there's several of you guys on Twitter brought up some really, really great comparisons. I mean, there's been some good content on Twitter in the last, I don't know, 36 hours or so. Well, I guess almost 48 hours. And there's been some horrible content. We will talk about that, of course, in the show. Uh, but man, we got we got several more calls here. Let me jump over to them, guys. It's going to be that kind of show. All right, uh, three five three, you're on TNC. Go. Hey, Mike, how's it going? Good. Is this Mark? Awesome. Yes, sir. Yes. Sir. What's up, brother? Not much, man. That weekend. Whoa, that was a crazy, crazy weekend. Yes, crazy sir. Weekend. Um, I'm stoked still. I, I I was I'm kind of like flabbergasted at the way that fight panned out. You know, I thought it was either going to be Lomachenko outboxing, win it on points, could stop him late because Tiafimo was relatively untested to the body and stuff like that, mm-hmm. or Tiafimo would catch him when Lom was coming in in straight lines and finish him off mid rounds or something. But I didn't expect that. That was cagey. It was yeah. all over the place. So many rounds were even, depending on how you want to score. Like. 
I'll give my scorecard, which is going to be controversial. I gave it six five and one even. <laughs> For who? Yeah. I gave it to Loma initially, and then I rescored it, and I, I, I scored it 7-5 to Tio. Okay. So we had the same score on our second Four. watch. That's interesting. Because I, I, same yeah. thing. I had second watch. I had it's one fifteen, one thirteen for for Lopez. Yeah, on the first one I had a one fifteen, one fourteen to Loma. But you see, the thing about it is, is the first round, uh, Tiafimo threw twelve punches, landed landed two. Right. Loma landed one, threw two punches. You know, and so right. that's where people are going to get kind of like, oh, then the second one. Then the third one there's like three apiece. Then the fourth one there's like two to one. It's these punches in these rounds. It depends. Are you going on effective aggression or effective defense? And you're in generalship. Where is Loma leading him into a shot? Is Tiafimo taking his space away? I mean, there's a lot of ways to do it. But I felt Tiafimo just nicked it in the end on rescore. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I, you bring up great points that I was going to get to in, in the first half of the fight. I think the narrative that you're hearing from everybody is that Lomachenko did nothing because he was scared of Teofimo Lopez's power. Perhaps that's part of it, but I think it's very clear when Lomachenko came forward in rounds really 8 through 12, 7 through 12 actually, um, he did that, yeah, he knew he was behind but if he truly was scared and fearing Lopez's power, he would have just danced all night. I think that there was a strategy. It was the wrong strategy that um, he was playing defense to a certain degree and seeing what Tio had and maybe trying to counter counter him. And, and to Teofimo Lopez's credit, he didn't give in to that. He stayed at distance. Uh, he, he moved his feet with Loma throughout the fight. He was so good at that. Um, nullified Loma's angles. But you're right, man. I think the fourth and fifth round, CompuBox, which didn't have the best night Saturday, CompuBox, I think, had uh, Lopez landing two more punches, I think, in the fourth and fifth round. No one's talking about those two rounds, but they were kind of close, too. I I mean, those early rounds, Tio did miss a lot. It's just that Loma should have thrown more punches, I feel. He kind of gave them away. Yeah. Well, I've I've done a freeze frame. I'm going to upload a video onto a private channel later to send to people. Um, and it literally, like, I speed up all the parts where there's no punches landed, and then I get to when the punches are, so you get to see the full fight layout. But it's essentially only 12 minutes long. Okay. Right? The whole video, so you can see it. And I freeze frame every punch that lands on whatever to who scored uh, the most punches It's per round. They're very close. Yes. Each round is mad close, far like 11 and 12. Yeah, the the first and, half and, of that fight was close, man. Storm. Oh yeah, it was a it's a very interesting fight, and like for me, like the I thought the key. Everyone's talking about the power or whatever. I thought the key to the fight, and I said it would be make or break for Lopez, was how active his job is. Yeah, you know, um, up and downstairs. Very lame. Yeah, he's pretty lame with his job in most of his fights. In this fight, he threw it, but it wasn't how fast he threw it back. It's how quickly he reloaded and not allowing Loma to do the duck and slip underneath the jab to get that angle because he does that all the time. Yeah, Loma was able to do that a couple times. Loma was able to do that a couple times in the middle rounds. And, you know, 
maybe that's why I gave him a couple of those rounds. But I don't know if you noticed this, but there was a, a few instances where Loma was able to get under the jab and jab back. And when he did that, he scored. It was just one punch at a time. But you're right. I mean, Lopez definitely made an adjustment and did not allow that to happen much. Yeah, he took it away for the majority of the fight until, yeah. like, the mid to late rounds. But the, it, that was really important because I felt like that's what Lomachenko's game plan was in round three because he kept looking to do that when, yeah. when he throwed a jab and he just bring it back and he couldn't do it. So he'd have to resend himself in his composure. I, but to be honest, I'm really pleased with how the fight went. I'm wondering, I just have a question for you. Do you recognize this as undisputed? Yes, of course. Okay, because the narrative rooted has me confused. Because I remember a good while back. Remember when uh, Carl Foch and Mikel Kessler fought the second time? The IBF and the WBA regular was on the line. And the WBA tried to say that this is a unification. And so did Eddie Hearn and the promoters all on Sky and stuff like that. They were calling it a unification. And the IBF and both the WBO said, you need to elect who your champion is because it's only one champion per sanctioning body can unify. That was a rule that they all came to two years before when they brought out the WBA super title with the whole Sturm and Golovkin situation. Right. So once Mauricio Sullivan said that Vasily Lomachenko is the WBC champion, he elected who the WBC lightweight champion is, meaning it's undisputed. And a lot of people are saying there's a dispute against it. There's not because that's the situation. So it's confusing yeah. to me. And it's on, it's on the record. So I've seen a lot of people on Twitter now, of course, saying Lomachenko ducked Devin Haney, which makes no sense, that he wanted the franchise belt, which whether you believe that or not, and there are a few like videos on a couple of YouTube channels where it makes it look that way, but I do think it's being taken out of context. Regardless of all that bullshit, last week during press conferences, fighter meetings, all of that, Mauricio Suleiman was on the record. There was a... I think it was a Zoom presser where he said flat out, Lomachenko is the lightweight champion. This is for Undisputed. That is directly from Mauricio Suleiman himself. I think it was 48 to 72 hours before the fight. This fight was yeah. absolutely the number one and number two lightweights in the world. Both of these guys would have beat everyone else in the division on that night. I don't give a shit. It's Undisputed. Tiafima Lopez, Undisputed lightweight champion of the world. At the age of 23, in front of... Yeah. Have you heard any estimated numbers from ESPN yet? Because I've heard some. I've heard some. I've heard around 2 million. We're supposed to get numbers tomorrow. So, we'll see. Okay, because I heard it was 2.8 to 3.3. I think... Are you including streaming and all that kind of stuff, too? No, 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 no. I'm talking ESPN. Oh, wow. Okay, then the numbers I got were shit. I I heard that it's somewhere a little over 2 million, but that it was preliminary. That was like... My numbers could be shit. My numbers could be shit, too. Yours could be right, because people could be over-speculating, you know? Yeah. Um, But, man, I think his star was born on Saturday night. Yeah. I'm, I'm hyped. I'm really, I'm really hyped to see where he goes, because he said something I've been waiting on a boxer to say for a very long time. You know the way everybody talks about Floyd killing boxing, right? A lot of fans run with the narrative, Floyd killed boxing, blah, Floyd this, blah, Floyd that. He said, if you want to be money, you got to be pretty boy forced and fight all the good fighters forced to yeah. get there. Yeah. So he's laid that down. And 
fighting against a guy. Was Lawman number two in rings pound for pound? He was number one on ESPN. So I think he was. He, I think he was. He's our number two or number three. He might be. He might have been behind in a way. I know we have Canelo number one, but he was either number two or number three. He was right there for the last few no, he years. Was out of he was out of Inouye. He was out of Inouye. Yeah. I was just wondering if Crawford was out of That's the only thing. And He's so, up there too. Hats off to the kid. Hats off to the kid. Enjoy the rest of the show. I'm like, thanks for letting me call in. All right, man. Take Thank care. you. Wow, we got a bunch of calls here on the line. Uh, I'll get to, I promise you guys, I'll get to all this in just a second. Super chat pledge from Deed3440. Thank you so much, man. He asks, uh, where will Lopez be placed in the pound for pound rankings? Great question, brother. Um, that's something that we've been arguing a lot on the ring ratings committee all weekend. So I'm not going to name names or anything like that, but there are a few people on the ratings committee that want to remove Lomachenko completely from the top 10. And I completely disagree with that. Um, Several other people, I'd say the majority of the panel disagrees with that as well. Where do you put Tiafima Lopez? And this is a discussion we still haven't decided yet. We're still kind of battling over it. I'll say this much, okay? If you look at, everyone has different criteria for pound for pound, but if you look at who was making the quote unquote pound for pound, um, uh, what's the word? Concessions. The, who was making the sacrifices and the concessions in a pound-for-pound pound sense in this matchup? It was all Lomachenko. He was the older guy, the smaller guy, uh, natural feather or featherweight fighting a really a natural junior welterweight, right? Um, disadvantages in size, strength, explosiveness, all that kind of stuff. So, yes, Lopez had all those advantages. But also... Lomachenko was number two or three in the world pound for pound, and he beat him uh, in the eyes of many pretty decisively. I mean, uh, you can absolutely make an argument that he won eight rounds in this fight. I think anything more than eight rounds is, is a little too wide. So where do you put him? It's also only one fight. It's one fight. Maybe he caught Loma at the right time, the right weight, all that stuff. We, you know. So can you put him in the top five? I don't know about that. But I, for me... I think you put him around number seven, somewhere around there, and you put Loma right behind him. I mean, guys, I think this was a close fight. Again, I watched this second time. I had it 115-113. So I think um, I think number eight, number nine, even number 10, if you have Loma there, I think is respectable. But I don't think this performance knocks Lomachenko out of the pound-for-pound pound list. I don't think this puts Lopez off a one fight where he held – pretty much every advantage puts him in the top five. I know at ring, when we put Errol Spence, I think we have Errol Spence at number five. When we elevated him that highly coming off the uh, win over Mikey Garcia, a lot of people disagreed with that for the same reasons. Now, um, you know, this isn't an exact comparison. And, And Spence absolutely dominated every second of the fight with Mikey Garcia. Lopez lost the second half of the fight against Lomachenko. So look, on and on this will go. But I will say around number seven for me, for, for Lopez, is that where the committee is going to put him? I, I can't tell you. It's a democratic process. But we're still hashing that out. And we're having some lively debate about that. <laughs> Trust me. Some of the emails have been off the hook. All right. Back to the phones we go, guys. Uh, 901, you are on the show. Go. Uh, hey there, Mike. Uh, this is Midwest Ceylon. I'm calling in <laughs> from uh, Mankato this time. <laughs> got me a cell phone here, so you know I I could be just about anywhere in the nice, Midwest. I nice. usually am. I'm, 
I got some. Uh, I, I'm a little bit. Uh, I, I got. I got to be honest with you. The uh, the weekend left me a little disappointed. I was. Uh, I wasn't paying too much attention to the uh, Saucedo Barboza fight, and uh, hmm. by the time I kind of got myself settled, you know, I you know, you know, you blink, and that good fellow with the pink gloves got another one round uh, knockout. Kind of. I thought. Maybe uh, this other fellow who ain't ever been stopped would have lasted a little longer, but uh, yeah. I, you know, may, okay, maybe I'm starting to be a believer in uh, Berlanga. I saw him live once in uh, Madison Square Garden and just, you know, kind kind of rolled my eyes. It's sort of like you know, you give someone a stationary target and a, you know, four feet away, and you give the other fellow a twelve gauge. Well, I guess you probably <laughs> ain't going to miss, uh, you know, but. Um, you know, I watch. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm kind of an early riser. I get up. You know, I get up at 4 a.m. for work. I like watching the fights from Japan the best because of that. But uh, I, I stayed up for the, uh, you know, the the, the high tech uh, big takeover. And uh, I honestly, I was I was real disappointed in in what I saw out of Loma, and I was really uh, impressed with what I saw out of uh, Lopez. There you go. You're not alone. You're not alone. You know, who is the fellow who does most of the narrating for those uh, ESPN fights? <laughs> what, what, the one who don't shut up? Uh, well, I'll, I'll pick one. Joe Tessitore is the main guy. Come on, you watch well, ESPN. You know his name. You talk about Tim yeah, Bradley. Who are you talking about? But I'm, trying not to, I'm trying not to have his name on my mind because it's obnoxious. I mean, I like you know, hey, look, Tim Bradley sort of gets a little over the top, but uh, that's okay. You know, he's kind of an animated fellow. He's he's huge, and his arms are the size of his head now. So I, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know if he's buddy for Evan Fields or what. But Jesus, Marion Joseph, he's giant. He's packed out. Of and then uh, Andre Ward is, you know, is he, Andre Ward. He's just he just says things that I wouldn't think of, uh, w- which could fill a warehouse, to be honest with you. But. Uh, <laughs> You know, and I learned something. But that other guy, that fellow won't shut up, you know. He's talking about Lomachenko downloading, and I'm thinking, like, my God, Lomachenko been downloading for six rounds. Like, he's downloading like he's a 15-year-old who just, yeah. just found the porno site. He's downloading know? like, I mean, yeah, I was going to say, like uh, like old school you know, porn when you had dial-up connection and you had to wait as little bars of the photo would drop. And then sometimes the bottom of the photo, right, the part you really wanted to see, didn't even download. You're like, shit. You had to refresh the page and wait all over again. Yeah. Uh, some of you young guys have no idea what I'm talking about. I mean, he downloaded for, for six rounds. And, 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 you know, and when he finally, I mean, like, yeah, I know you know how to dance, the Ukrainian dance, but geez, you've got gloves on. You can use those too. He, he definitely waited too long. Some of that was maybe strategy, but some of that you got to give Lopez credit for. Lopez didn't let him get started. By the time when Loma actually did get started, he had a lot of success. He really showed so much more athleticism and ability in rounds eight through 11 and surprised Lopez and backed him up. I mean, it was almost kind of shocking to see after seeing, you know, what you witnessed the first seven, six, seven rounds. So um, there were levels there. He just didn't bring it out. Until at the very end, all things being considered, if Tiafima Lopez was the same size and strength of Lomachenko, I think Lomachenko would have beat him. I really feel that based on what I saw. But, you know, size matters. 
I'm not. I'm not sure, Mike. I think you know. I saw when Lomachenko switched on, he was real impressive. But Teofimo Lopez, he was equally impressive. I mean, yeah, Loma was snapping his head back all over the place with them shots he was landing. But Teo didn't lose cool or lose his focus one bit the entire time. He was ready for it. He closed the you show know? too. I mean, he closed Loma the show may too. Loma switched on to high tech, but 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 Teo, but Teo could hang with them, and that would that was impressive. I, I agree, man. But I, I got a few more calls here in the queue. I got to jump on to this next call, brother. Okay, you betcha. All right, man. Thanks a lot. There he goes. Midwest Ceylon. I uh, love it. Okay, let's jump to the next one here. Um, 832. 832. From the car, it sounds Bye. like. You're on the show. What's up? Can you hear me? Yeah. All right, this is Coach Derrick, man, the first first ever caller to the neutral corner. You remember? Awesome. Let me, uh, <clears throat> I want I want to ask you how, how, what you thought about our fight, man. That we was on the uh, undercard, Quentin Randall versus Rivera. Dude, I I gotta be honest with you, I didn't even see it yet. I saw Quentin was on the oh, card, you didn't, but you didn't yeah, watch? I haven't seen the whole undercard well, I would yet. I'd love to get a. I love to get a review from you whenever you watch it, bro. Uh, Absolutely, dog. I'll check it out this let, week. I'll watch because I'm going to watch the whole card again. At least uh, uh, I, I, there's some fights I haven't seen, including some UK fights. So uh, call in next week, and definitely I'll okay. give you a review. But yeah, do you got windows down or something? I hear a lot of feedback, man. Are you driving? Uh, yeah, but I have my earphones on. Well, hell, oh, let okay. me call you back next week, man. All right, yeah, man. I'll check that out. I'll check out that fight. You call back next week, brother. All right. Oh. All right, man. Have a good one. The Medicare annual election period deadline is coming soon. I'm Meredith Vieira, here with examples of people who found the key to the right coverage at MyHealthPolicy.com. Meet Larry. He likes doing things online. I took my time and found the best Medicare Advantage plan for me at MyHealthPolicy.com. Next is Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plan, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com. And finally, Michael. I prefer face-to-face, so I chose MyHealthPolicy.com and enrolled on the spot. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including $0 premium plans, or call 1-800-GO-START. That's 1-800-GO-START. MyHealthPolicy.com. Meredith Vieira is a paid endorser. KF Agency operates MyHealthPolicy.com, not connected with or endorsed by the U.S. government or the federal Medicare program. A licensed insurance agent may call. So you're a small business, or a big one. You were thriving, but then, oh, you encountered an obstacle. So how do you bounce back? You don't. You bounce forward with Comcast Business and powerful connectivity. Get serious internet that lets you go bigger, go better. All powered by the nation's largest gig speed network, which lets you bring the bandwidth from HQ to your home office and helps keep your connected devices secure. Be fast, be flexible, be ready for what's next, and bounce forward. Go to ComcastBusiness.com to learn more. All right, yeah, let's see. Oh, man, we got a bunch of calls here, guys. Like I said, it's going to be that kind of show. It is what it is, right? Just just like uh, the rematch between Wilder and Fury. Uh, 570, you're on the show. Go. 570. Hello. 
570, are you there? Oh, I think, I think we got a knockdown. 570, call back. I don't hear you. All right, we're going to jump to one more call here. Then I'm going to get back to uh, some, some news and notes. 508, you're on the show. 508. Yo, Mike, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. I hear you. Mike, what's going on? Brad calling here from Boston. Uh, first time calling into the show, but given the, uh, the, the very unpredictable fight, I felt like I had to call in. Uh, I've got two quick points here, and I, I have to preference that. I am uh, probably one of the biggest Loma fans around. Um, the, first, the first part, when I initially watched the fight, I was thinking, man, Loma's starting late, Loma's starting late, it's giving so many rounds away. And the, 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 the more time that I let kind of digest, I think there's a lot of people out there that aren't giving T.O. enough credit, yeah. right? When you watch Loma's fights, he usually takes a round or two where Joe Tessitore says he downloads the information or whatever. Uh, but after that second round, uh, you could tell that, that T.O. really made him uncomfortable with getting any sort of offensive rhythm working. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where a lot of people aren't giving the young kid enough credit. Um, cause you know, Loma really likes to make sure that when he starts his offense, he knows what's coming back and he knows he's going to be in position to, to, to hit him without getting hit. Uh, and I think Tio worked, uh, prevented Loma from hitting his angles very well. Yeah. Um, and every time Loma threw out a testing jab or something, there was always something coming back real hard, whether it was a body shot or whether it was that, uh, that, that right uppercut that he was throwing. So I feel like a lot of folks aren't there out there just saying that Loma gave rounds away when it was like, you know what? In reality, I think Teo just came and, and had a better game plan than many people uh, uh, gave him credit for. I, I agree with you, man. I, I think not only did he have a better game plan, he executed his game plan better. It was actually Loma that who had to like completely change his game plan halfway through. You mentioned the body work. I thought the body work early on was great. I thought the jab was good. And then that uppercut that he added like in the mid-rounds, he missed a lot of those punches, but they were enough. Sometimes you just need to throw stuff like that to keep your opponent off and to disrupt his rhythm. And he was doing that, and then the uppercut started to land late when Loma wore down. So I thought it was a really, really good, strong performance from Lopez. He impressed the hell out of me, man. I got to say. Yeah, it was uh, it was very impressive. And I think the disappointing thing is, like, you know, Loma and, and Pop Pachenko, they're they're these these boxing masters. They're you know, they, it's like they're playing chess out there. And it's disappointing to to think that, like, man, was there not a plan B or was there not a plan C? thinking like, you know, maybe when we go out there and we do our, our regular thing that this kid's going to be prepared and, and he's, and he's going he's gonna to be there to box me, you know. So that was kind of disappointing because I, th- I thought it was a, a very easy fight to score. 115-113, Loma took the second, and then Teo took the, the 12th. I thought it was very easy to score. Um, last point here, I, I, think, I think as a general boxing fan – you just got to be fired up that a young kid came in and, and dethroned Loma. Yeah. I do have to say, out of all the other all the other young guns at uh, at one thirty five, man, I'm so glad it was Tao. I'm so glad it wasn't friggin' Tank. It wasn't uh, it wasn't Devin Haney. I'd much rather see all four belts with Tao. Um, 
but do, do you think that there's going to be a Haney fight? Do you think that'll ever no. happen? Or do you think Taylor's just going to move up to 140? Taylor's going to move up to 140. He may he may stay once more at 135. There are options. Um, Burchelt, uh, he wins his next fight against Valdez. Maybe the winner of that fight moves up. I mean, or if that guy stays at 130, Loma moves down and fights him. Uh, maybe he just goes up to 40. There are mandatories. I mean, Tiofimo could fight as mandatory early next year in Brooklyn and do like a homecoming if things have opened up in New York by then. There's a lot of options, but man, top rank is so stacked at 140. Um, they got the two best 140s in the world. Tio made it very clear he wants the winner between Taylor and Ramirez. He don't maybe one tune-up fight or something and then go right to that winner. So, dude, a year from now, he might be fighting the winner of that fight. Could you imagine that within a year or so? Um, but yeah, I, he's Haney. I don't want to shit on Haney, but there are issues over there and I don't see him fighting a big name fighter for a while. And the business plan with tank is the low risk, high reward thing. They're going to use guys names like Leo Santa Cruz to build him up and prop him up. And that's the business plan over there, at least for right now. So the one guy who might eventually get in the mix, I do believe is Ryan Garcia. Um, we'll see how he looks against Luke Campbell, but that's he's fighting. I think he's taking on a bigger challenge than either Tank or Haney are in their next fight. And if he passes that yeah. test, maybe him and uh, Lopez down the line could fight. We'll see. All these guys got to fight each other at some point, but, dude, it might not happen until they're all welterweights, to be honest with you. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, it, was, it was funny. Haney got roasted on Twitter. He uh, he tweeted out, Loma, too small, too old. And if you scroll through the replies, everyone's like, hey, man, you're fighting Gamboa. What I the saw heck that. Are you talking about? Yeah, dude, he got, he got oh, nailed. Man. He got nailed. Yeah, it was wild. All righty, man, I'll let you get to the other callers. Uh, appreciate the content. Keep it up. Thank you so much, Brad. Appreciate it, man. All righty, take it easy. All right, you too. All right, I see a couple of you guys in the caller queue. I will get over there in a second. I just want to quickly uh, drop some uh, some news and notes, okay? And we'll get back to the phones. Um, some upcoming fights that have been announced. Some of these are pretty good. Some of them are just stir-fried shit, but whatever. They're official, so I'll talk about them. Luis Ortiz, Alexander Flores announced. Uh, that's going to headline a PBC on Fox card November 7th. Eh, I don't love that. There's a probably a dozen other fighters i'd be actually quite interested in seeing luis ortiz fight alexander flores not one of them terrence crawford versus kel brook i already talked about this one but now it's officially announced for november 14th look i don't love that fight but all things considered with the political situation and it's a lot of people again i there's a contingent of boxing fans in in on boxing uh twitter and everything that go after top rank and blame Terrence Crawford for this situation because he didn't want to sign with PBC. That's absolutely ridiculous. Top Rank has done a great job for him, and he's happy there. Uh, so, And he's brought other people to Top Rank. He brought Jamel Herring to Top Rank and others. So the situation at PBC, those guys don't want to fight him. Their business plan is to not deal with Crawford, at least for the time being. If you're Top Rank, I talked about, I mean, look, you got Tiafima Lopez. He's going to be a welterweight within 24 months. Mark my words, stamp it. He will be a welterweight within 24 months from today. And then same thing with Josh Taylor, Jose Carlos Ramirez. So Terrence Crawford, you have those fights coming up for him in the future. 
Just sit tight and fight who you can get in front of you. That's what this fight with Kell Brook is. If they were putting this on pay-per-view like they did with Amir Khan, believe me, I'd be taking a hot steaming shit all over it right in front of you guys on this show. It's on regular ESPN. If you hate it, you don't have to watch, but at least it's on regular ESPN. The best Terrence Crawford might be the best fighter in the world, guys, and you get to see him on regular ESPN. So there's some silver lining there. All right, Demetrius Andre versus Dusty Harrison. But do I even need to talk about that damn fight? Hopefully after that fight, after Andre completely dominates Harrison, who is, what, a a blown-up welterweight, I think, um, he will hopefully fight Daniel Jacobs early next year. That's not a bad fight. It's several years too late, but it's not a bad fight. Anthony Joshua versus Kubrat Pulev set for December 12th at the O2. That's going to be on the zone. However, Pulev injured. So he's out, and I uh, can't think off the top of my head who they brought in, but you're going to see Anthony Joshua in the ring, one of the best, the second best heavyweight in the world, in the ring December 12th. That matters. He needs to get back in the ring. Uh, also, we had a question from email from Patrick Renard uh, from Vancouver. He took the time to email me at MonteroOnBoxing at Gmail. So I uh, promised him I'd respond here. He said, look, Lomachenko can fight at 126 or 130 right now. He had to move up to 135 because nobody in those divisions wanted to fight him. Now that he doesn't have any belts, what does he do? That's a good question from Patrick because uh, Lomachenko isn't a big name in the United States. He's not marketable, despite what some some people in the media will try to tell you, uh, that he gets some sort of bonus somehow in the media and everything with his marketing it's actually quite the opposite his team has to work twice as hard to market the guy without belts all those guys at 26 and 30 avoided him um he gets you know a lot of shit for quote-unquote not fighting anybody but the guys at 26 guys like santa cruz guys like davis who was at 130 they wanted no piece of loma so now that he's gonna go i think he'll go back down to 130 What does he do? He has no leverage. He has no titles. Well, he still has a name. He still has a name, and I do think he's going to be lined up for a a title shot within a year of being at 130. All right, let's jump over here. we got a couple more calls, guys, and then I promise you I'm going to get to this fight review because I know you want to hear my take uh, now that I've watched the fight again. 732 on the neutral corner. Go. I can hear me. I can hear you. I scored 11 to 1. Yeah, right. <laughs> Who is this? <laughs> oh, man. Hey, what's up, man? What's up? Yeah, I, I, I had it scored 11 to 1 for Loma. I don't know what the... <laughs> Shut up. You did not All have right, the fight scored 11 to 1 for Loma. I added a... 6-6 draw. I had it a 6-6 draw. Like I said, I I okay. thought Loma waited too long. I added a 6-6, and it's it's great to see, you know, finally, like I said, I thought Loma waited too long. If it were a 15-round fight like the old days, uh, I, I think Loma would have won because I felt like Loma was just figuring him out. I had Loma up. I had Loma up going into the 12th. But then Teofimo turned it up the last 40 seconds to, you know, even it out. And, yeah, 6-6 was my scorecard. But one of the judges, 119-109, I mean, 
horrendous scorecard. Just wow. Yeah, I I'll trust me. I'll talk about Julie Letterman here in a minute. And her unfortunately, her scorecard wasn't the only shit scorecard we saw over the weekend. I don't know if you saw on Twitter who's the guy over there in the UK, Terry O'Connor, completely ripped off uh, Miguel Vasquez. He wasn't the only judge. Michael Alexander ripped him off too. But there's a picture of Terry O'Connor. Now I don't know, but apparently it's him looking at his phone during a fight. I don't know, but yeah, just yep. the scorecards. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Teddy so, Atlas. Yeah. But yeah, 6-6, yeah. six, six, you know, look, you could absolutely make a case that that fight Saturday was a draw. You can also make a case that Lopez edged it. Other than that, though, I really don't think you can make a case any other you know way. I'd, I'd say 114-114 to 116-112, that's the range. Outside of that, you're getting a little too yeah. greedy. Yeah. Like I said, it's either Teofimo 1 or a draw. I felt like, you know, Teofimo, he threw more, you know, a lot more output. And like I said, Loma. I mean, he just waited too long. But I got to head out. You guys find me at Justin Junior Nine Six Two interviewing MMA fighters, MMA content, UFC. Hey, take it easy. All right, thanks a lot, man. Yeah. All right, we got. Um, all right, one more call, real quick, and then I'm going to get back to the to the news, guys. All right, five seven zero. You're on TNC. Go. Hey. Hey, thanks for taking my call, Mike. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. All right, Mike. Um, Here's the thing. Loma, I can't make any excuses because he saw what happened with Sergey Kovalev versus Ward in Vegas and Triple G versus Canelo in Vegas twice. He should have known he's not going to get a fair shake on the cards unless he, he has a definitive win. And... It's all on him taking those... The Medicare annual election period deadline is almost here. I'm Meredith Vieira, here with examples of people who started their search for coverage at MyHealthPolicy.com. Meet Larry. He likes doing things online, so he started... At MyHealthPolicy.com. I took my time and found the coverage I was looking for. And... Done. Next is Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plans, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com and... Done. Switched to a better plan. And Michael. I met with a local licensed insurance agent face-to-face. And... Done. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to compare top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including $0 premium plans, or call 1-800-GO-START. That's one 800 Go start. Meredith Vieira is a paid endorser. KF Agency operates MyHealthPolicy.com, not connected with or endorsed by the U.S. government or the federal Medicare program. A licensed insurance agent may call. Those those first five rounds off, um, I think the trash talk from Tio really affected him. Um, they were too respectful of Lopez. And you saw the, the class in fighter in the later rounds. Lomachenko was superior all the way through. I mean, Lopez is a bigger fighter, and he's a good fighter. But he didn't merit that kind of respect, and Loma did himself a great disservice. I don't know if it was his father who made that game plan up, but, I mean, that was very disappointing. And for these Eastern European fighters, they need an American consultant to tell them exactly what's up in this country because there is a clear inherent bias against them. For whatever reason, whether it be political, racial, whatever you want to get into, financial, they don't want them to to succeed in America. And that 
that's a clear point that I've seen. All right. I mean, this has been going on for, for the last 10 years, but, um, Lomachenko really, I mean, he didn't have a, re- a rematch clause. I mean, Aram really put the screws to him. Yeah. This fight had rematch written all over it. Okay. And now he's out in the cold. He's the better fighter. And now his entire legacy, according to these same, these same people in the LDBC and all these other, um, just mouthpieces, they're all going to demote him now. I mean, they're, 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 they're liter- their claim now is going to have some validity among these mouth breathers out there. And that's such a shame. It, and Lomachenko, again, they brought it upon themselves with how this fight was handled. There should have been a rematch clause, and he never should have gave him too much respect. But I had it a, a draw. Um, it could it could have gone either way, one fifteen, one thirteen. But those judges' scorecards show exactly what the objective here in Las Vegas is. And if anyone thinks that Lomachenko was the A side in this fight, I got something else for you. I mean, because top rank now, they got a young guy with a higher upside and more marketability because he's Latino and he's um, American. And there's such a shortage of Ameri- good American fighters these days that, I mean, this was imperative that he won this fight. And I just hate seeing Lomachenko done dirty here. I mean, it, it hurt with Golovkin against Canelo twice with the steroids and then with the bad scorecard in the first fight. But this one, I mean, this is on Loma. Loma and his team, I mean, they they were very naive going into this fight. Very naive. And as a warning to all Eastern European fighters out there, you should hire an American consultant to tell you the truth, what's really up here, and not to mince words. There is an inherent bias, and you have to do everything above to win fights in Vegas. All right, and it stinks hearing that, and it's and it's terrible that that's the case, but it's a reality. So again, he's never going to get a rematch, and that, that's a shame. But Lopez, he's not going to fight the winner of Taylor Ramirez. That winner of that fight's going to move up to welterweight. He's going to end up fighting uh, Jake Catterall for a vacant belt. Top Rank knows this. I, I can't see Lopez. Garcia, Haney, any of these guys fighting anybody worth a damn in the next three years, to be quite honest. Because that's just the model in the United States amongst these fighters. Um, hey, I give Garcia credit for, for fighting uh, Cool Hand Luke. I mean, and I give uh, Teofimo Lopez a lot of credit stepping up to fight Lomachenko. But yet, yeah. he's the bigger guy, and he had to have heard that he was going to be the favorite in this fight um, because of you know, the upside with him and the judges. If it, All he had to do was box, stay away, uh, make it look good, and he's going to get a decision. I, I truly do think that was in play here. Well, so I, I will say that, you know, look, you're – there are a lot of people out there who agree with your sentiments, okay? There are a lot of people out there that um, – hang on one second. I'm having some – YouTube technical difficulties. There we go. Okay. Um, there are a lot of people out there who agree with some of your sentiments. Okay. And I trust me, I'll get into some of it. I will say this. Teofimo Lopez came out in the 12th round guns blazing. He came out and put a stamp on that performance. So if he, if he thought the fix was in or all he had to do is box, he didn't fight like that in the 12th round. 
we have to be very, very careful. While I do agree with you that there is absolutely an Eastern European bias, and it's something I'll, I will talk about on this show, uh, on this episode. Yeah. So, you know, make sure you hear, listen to that. I, I also think that, um, will do. Uh, you know, we have to give credit to Teofimo Lopez here. He did fight a great game plan. He fought yeah. very well. If you scored at a draw, yeah. look, man, Andre Ward scored at a draw. Terrence Crawford scored at a draw. I scored at a draw watching live. I know at least a dozen people in media yeah. who scored at a draw live. So there's nothing wrong with that, but that is giving the swing rounds to Loma. I, I think that we have to give Lopez credit, and yeah. other young Rounds fighters should look at him and what he did here. Also, let's give Lomachenko credit. He didn't have to fight Lopez. There are a lot of fighters out there in his position as the quote-unquote A-side, and I'm with you. Promotionally, Tiafima Lopez is a better move for top rank. But uh, on the surface, okay, right. Lomachenko was the guy with the hardware. He was the name, the brand, the pound-for-pound guy. He didn't have to fight Tiafima Lopez. He could have said, ah, I unified titles. I'm moving back down to 130. He could have did whatever the hell he wanted to. So let's give him credit for taking on a young killer like that when a lot of other fighters don't. There's a million <laughs> examples I could point to. But uh, you do bring up points yes. that there are people out there who agree with what you're expressing. So I, w- I promise you, dude, I-, I will comment on it. But I want to get to some of these other calls, all right? Please. Thank you, Mike. I'll be listening. All right, man. Okay, I see some of you guys in the chat saying that that dude's crazy and insane. Listen, you may disagree with his some of his positions or the way he expressed his positions. Maybe he's a little too far on one side. But to say that he's just flat out crazy, I think that's unfair. There's a lot of political underlines to this fight and the result and the fallout on Twitter. And that's something I want to get into here real quick. Let's keep it civil, okay? Let's keep it civil. Now, that dude obviously was a Lomachenko fan. There are people that are out there who are Lopez fans, and they're going to see the swing rounds for Lopez and have him ahead. There are people out there who are going to give swing rounds to Lomachenko. And guys, it's cool. It's cool to disagree. It's cool to have different opinions as long as you keep it civil. Okay. I see a couple more of you guys on the phone. Just sit tight. Okay. Because I definitely, uh, I want to get into this a little bit. And I'm sorry that this. The structure of this episode episode's all over the place, but that's just kind of the nature of what's going on right now because uh, this was a big fight, and a lot of people are talking about it, okay? So you guys know that I, I have a certain format I like to go through, but you see, we've already had a bunch of calls. We have a bunch more on the line. So, okay, let me get into this fight just real quick. You guys already know the results. I, I do think Lopez fought very well, and what impressed me, and I talked about this in my breakdown, because I thought if Lopez was going to win – And I said I wouldn't have been shocked. I'm not shocked at the result. But what would impress me, and go back and watch my my prediction video, what would impress me and surprise me to a certain degree is if Lopez could box with Lomachenko and win a decision. And that's just what he did. That is what impressed me the most. This wasn't a fluke knockout. This wasn't a lucky punch. This wasn't him catching uh, a fighter coming in, slipping, and hurting him. This was a guy who had a superior execution to his game plan for a good six, seven rounds of the fight and then came out in the 12th round when he didn't necessarily need to in the eyes of many, including the three judges, and he he stepped on the gas and he threw, I want to say, over 100 punches. Now, CompuBox says he landed 50. That's ridiculous. He did not land 50. CompuBox did not have a good night. 
They gave Lopez too much credit for landing punches that Loma blocked or caught or parried. But still, I thought he clearly won the 12th round. And that's what impressed me about Lopez. He really, really did a good job in this fight. For a kid who's 23, stepping up for the first time, he deserves credit. And all the other young guns, including guys with bigger social media profiles like Ryan Garcia, but guys like Tank Davis, uh, especially Devin Haney, who's really fallen to the bottom of that pack. But even guys like Jerron Ennis, Israel Madrimov, okay, other prospects coming up in the sport right now, they need to look to Tiafima Lopez at what he did this weekend. Now, did he, did he have size and strength advantages? Yes, of course. Charlo had them against Derevyanchenko, but beating Derevyanchenko is not the same as beating Lomachenko. What Tiafima Lopez just did is pretty damn special, guys. And years from now, I think we're going to be talking about this fight still. This was an important moment. Of course, though, it's not without some controversy. Immediately on Twitter, you saw this reaction of people saying Lomachenko wasn't shit all along. Lomachenko sucks. Lomachenko's overrated. Lomachenko's a top-ranked hype job. You guys know that not only do I like to listen to a few different boxing podcasts, okay? And I don't just listen to other media podcasts. I listen to fan podcasts. I listen to uh, fan podcasts where it's just people, a couple of fans talking. I listen to one in particular where fans call in. And I heard a a, a lot of different uh, takes on this fight. I also, when I look at articles and look at posts and I look at tweets, I scroll down to read the comments. I'm one of the few guys in media, I'm telling you right now, I'm one of the very few in media that does that and does it consistently. I like to have a finger on the pulse of what the fans are thinking. Fans stands for fanatic. Fans are fanatical. I expect fans to be all over the place and have extremist opinions and viewpoints. That's why they're fans. Most boxing fans are objective and love the sport and love all fighters. But there are, of course, fringe extreme extremes, right? Sorry, guys, if my uh, YouTube keeps breaking up, it's because I'm getting calls from people wanting me to vote. Stop. I already voted. Leave me alone. Actually, I didn't. But um, all right. Anyway, lost my train of thought because these damn, uh, I'm not going to vote for your candidate. Stop calling me. Okay. I expect fans to be all over the place on social media, but I don't expect it from fighters. I saw Shakur Stevenson, Devin Heaney, and other fighters going after Lomachenko on Twitter. And considering Devin Haney's racially charged comments in relation to Vasily Lomachenko and his ethnicity earlier this year, that was a really bad look for Devin Haney to put out a tweet basically saying, I'm paraphrasing, I told y'all Lomachenko ain't shit. You couple that with his words, his rhetoric just a few months ago, not a good look. If another fighter had done that or a member of the media done that, they'd be getting shit on left and right, and it'd be viral. So I, I just find it really, really disrespectful, and it's difficult for me to understand why somebody like Lomachenko bothers people so much. And there was just people, as I said at the top of the show, it felt like a lot of you guys out there had um, just tweets, like draft tweets, save for the last few years. And if Linares beat him, boom, you tweeted out. If Pedraza beat him, and finally he lost. 
again because this was his second pro loss, and you guys couldn't wait to pound on it because all of you have been just bringing up the Salido loss for the last, what, six years. You've been stuck on that. Now, finally, you got a new one. I don't know what this is, man. Uh, you know, there's two things that come from the Lomachenko detractors. Number one, he ain't fought nobody. What an absolutely ridiculous, asinine statement for any fight fan to make. Look at the guy's resume. He has fought 16 professional fights. Look at the guys he's fought. Match that up against any, not any, but just about any, all-time great fighters' first 16 opponents. You'll be, it'll be almost impossible. Fuck that. Put it up against most fighters' first 32 opponents, including Floyd Mayweather, including Manny Pacquiao. Match it up head-to-head. Lomas is pretty damn, it's up there, okay? He's, he's fought good fighters. He won titles in three divisions within 12 fights. Now, am I saying he, bought, he, he fought Duran and Leonard and Hagler and Hearns? No, I'm not saying that. But he's fought good quality opposition. So when people say he hasn't fought nobody, it just shows that they have, they have a lack of knowledge of the smaller weight classes. And that's something you see in a lot of American amateur media like on youtube and stuff these guys if you're the medicare annual election period deadline is coming soon i'm meredith vieira here with examples of people who found the key to the right coverage at myhealthpolicy.com meet larry he likes doing things online i took my time and found the best medicare advantage plan for me at myhealthpolicy.com next is mary when she wanted answers she picked up the phone I wanted a local perspective on plan, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com. And finally, Michael. I prefer face-to-face, so I chose MyHealthPolicy.com and enrolled on the spot. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including $0 premium plans, or call 1-800-GO-START. That's 1-800-GO-START. MyHealthPolicy.com. Meredith Vieira is a paid endorser. KF Agency operates MyHealthPolicy.com, not connected with or endorsed by the U.S. government or the federal Medicare program. A licensed insurance agent may call. Keep all your entertainment options centered with Xfinity X1. Access live TV, Netflix, and now Hulu and Peacock. Ah, streaming zen. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Xfinity X1 gives you the most complete entertainment experience with everything from live TV to your DVR to on-demand favorites and your streaming apps. Just use your voice remote to easily find what you want to watch. Go to Xfinity.com or call 1-800-XFINITY today to learn more. Xfinity, the future of awesome. Restrictions apply. Netflix, Hulu, and Peacock memberships required. You're 135. They don't know who the hell you are, especially if you don't come from the USA. But you see that from a lot of fans, too, that tend to focus on the middle and higher weights. So there's that. But then there's also the people that say, man, I just don't like the way Lomachenko got so much praise and was called uh, an all-time great by everybody. And there were several of you on Twitter who tried to tell me that this weekend. Everyone calls him an all-time great. You know what? Give me one source. Provide me one source from a reputable media member or reputable media platform that ever called Vasily Lomachenko an all-time great. Name me one source. This is something that's just, this lie has kind of become a fact. Just like the, the Pacquiao steroids thing as it related to Floyd Mayweather and them kind of dodging that fight for a few years. 
Um, some things, some narratives just become fact because they're said over and over and over. Fake news can become fact if you pound it into people's heads. And I don't, I can't think of a reputable media platform that called Lomachenko an all-time great. Now, some of you will say, well, what about ESPN? They were comparing his CompuBox punch stats to Roberto Duran, the other. They're a promoter. ESPN is a promoter. They, they're basically top rank with more money. They're a promoter, okay? So I'm not talking about them. Yes, they had Lomachenko rated number one pound for pound. They're also his promoter. Outside of ESPN, what other reputable boxing media platform called him an all-time great or put him number one pound for pound three fights in after his win against Gary Russell Jr.? Not one. Not one. Name me one. And I'll, I'll concede this point. Also, him earning pound-for-pound level ratings at the very, very top. So did Guillermo Rigondeau. Go back and look at the pound-for-pound list when Lomachenko and Rigondeau fought. Look at the pound-for-pound list after Rigondeau beat Nonito Donaire. He was right up there at the top. There were some media platforms that had him one or two, and he was a mainstay in the pound-for-pound list for several years. This isn't the first time somebody with less than 20 fights was on the pound-for-pound list. Guys like Rigondeau and Lomachenko, when you have hundreds of amateur wins against the best fighters in the world, you cannot duck in the amateurs if you go to the world championships, if you go to the Olympics. You have to fight the best fighters in the world. These guys were doing that. Two gold medals, okay? They both, Rigondeau and Lomachenko, earned their pound-for-pound ratings. No one was calling them all-time greats overnight outside of their fan bases. And again, what are fans? Fanatics. So I'm not talking about fans. I'm not talking about some kid on YouTube ranting you know, into a phone while he's driving in his car or some shit. I'm talking about... Not even these these little interviews where guys walk around with a camera and say, what's your favorite color? <laughs> cool. Yeah, I'm not talking about them. Reputable media platforms. Which one called Lomachenko an all-time great? Which one said he's up there with Duran and Hearns and Leonard? None. None. So stop with this narrative. Um, okay. I, going back to the he ain't fought nobody thing. And I'm not trying to turn this into a Lomachenko slob fest. I'm just trying to... Put some facts out there. Since he's moved to lightweight, two divisions over his natural weight, his record is 4-1 at lightweight, and he's unified three titles. That's Lomachenko's record at 135 pounds. He's a natural 126. He's been fighting bigger guys. He's 4-1, unifying three titles, losing a close competitive fight to the next big star in the sport. The combined record of his opponents is 138-12-3 at 135 pounds. But he ain't fought nobody? Come on, guys. Stop with that. There is a, I don't know if it's a, I'm going to call it a bias, a xenophobia, a prejudice. I don't know what was the better word. But there's something going on as it relates to Eastern European fighters with some boxing fans and even elements of the loosely, I use this phrase, boxing media. I don't know why some people want to go in. I saw a tweet earlier today where it was like one more to go, and there was a graphic where there was an X over Drevyanchenko, an X over, I think, Vojdik, an X over Loma, and then there was a picture of Usyk. That's the next one that he's like, we got to go after him. And I'm like, really, dude? 
So there is something going on. I don't quite understand what it's about, but I will say I've talked about this before. Throughout the history of boxing, there's waves of new fighters that come in from different parts of the world. This is just the next wave. So for those of you out there who are upset with these Eastern European fighters and you, you don't, you're not a fan, it bothers you that they're coming in, get used to it. They're going to keep coming. They're going to keep coming over to, into the sport. They're not going away. So, guys, that is what it is. Um, the one caller that was just on brought up uh, Kovalev Ward, Triple G, Canelo. This is part of what I've talked about before, too. Um, the new kids on the block have to kind of go through those growing pains for the establishment. In the case of Kovalev Ward, the first fight, Ward was the establishment. In the case of Golovkin, Canelo in the first fight, Canelo was the establishment. In this fight, Lomachenko Lopez, Lopez was not the establishment. Is he the more marketable fighter? Is he the future? Is he going to make top rank a lot more money over the next five years? Yes. Julie Letterman, being from New York, Teofimo Lopez, being from New York, days before the fight, announcing that Letterman, a New York judge, was being flown out to Nevada to score a fight in Nevada that featured a fighter from New York, and then she turns to the 119-109 card, is an extremely bad look. But guess what, guys? You can blame Bob Bennett in the Nevada State Athletic Commission all you want, but do you know who approved that, that judge and all the judges and all the ring officials? Top rank. And Team Lomachenko. They all signed off on him. So you can't just shit on Bob Bennett. That's on Grandpa Bob, everyone at top rank, and it's on Lomachenko and his team for saying okay. It's not that they had the power to say no, but they could have went to their promoter and said, this judge concerns us. They could have made their feelings known. They didn't do that. They didn't put in the extra work. They didn't do their research, their homework. It goes back to, uh, I've talked to Tom Loeffler, and I've told him straight up, how the hell did you approve Adelaide Bird as a judge in that first fight with Canelo Alvarez, with, with Golovkin? And they weren't concerned going in. The promoter, the fighters, their teams have to do a better job of researching these judges that are being flown in days before a fight to you know, judge a fight that features a fighter from their home state. Not a good look. But you can't just blame Bob Bennett. All right, let's jump back to the phones real quick. A couple of you guys have been holding on for a minute. I apologize. 717, you're on the show. Go. 717, can you me? hear me? Hello? Hey, listen, man. Yeah. I, is this me? Yep, we got you. Okay, okay, okay. All right, all right. So, I like, I like any boxer from any part of the world. Any boxer. You from South Africa, you from Australia, you from uh, Ukraine. If you got skills and I see them, I watch you and I'm a fan. Now, with the Teofimo Lopez and the Lomachenko fight, Teofimo won that pretty easy. It wasn't even a score. You don't even got to worry about the scorecards if, if you know who won the fight. If it was a close fight, then I'll say, okay, yeah, the scorecards are shaky, but it's but he, he won it easy. He, he Loma took off the first seven rounds. He shot twenty. He only hit him twenty some punches in the first seven rounds. That's not going to win you. That's not going to keep your uh, belts and win you the uh, undisputed. And uh, he messed his dreams up that way. He should have been aggressive. He should have been straight up Loma. Even if the sidestep didn't work, jab, jab, jab like crazy. 
still be aware of the of the power Lopez had. But he lost that fight, man. He didn't fight. He didn't come to fight. If he came to fight, I'd expected it. Mm. But as, as a fan, I can't sit here in the in the background and say, "Oh man, European fighters get the the raw edge." When the last five years he was number one. He wasn't number one. Hold on, hold on. He wasn't number one. He wasn't number one. Should have been up there and Charles Smith. Well, we have Terrence Crawford. I mean, dude, you could hold. On, let me just let me just quickly interrupt because I agree with everything that you just said. Okay, um, and you make great points, and I think that everything you said is fair up until one thing. Outside of ESPN, I work at Ring Magazine. I don't know if you're aware of that. We don't rate Lomachenko number one, and we had we had Terrence Crawford at the top uh, for years. I, my personal, if you go back and look at my channel back in like 2016, 2017, going, it might be 2017, uh, I rated Terrence Crawford number one pound for pound all the way back then because I do end of year like ratings and stuff. So uh, I'm with you on that. And I also agree with you that Lomachenko, or I'm sorry, Eastern Europeans don't always get the shaft. And I think that there are people on Twitter that overrate fighters from Eastern Europe, just like there are fighters, there are fans that overrate all sorts of fighters from every corner of the world. So again, I ain't talking about the fans per se. I just think that there seems to be a lot of hatred uh, going after this dude and some others that I've seen. And I I see all the comments. I'm on Twitter every day, all day. I see it. And I just don't understand it because the dude can fight. You know what I'm saying? That's the part that I just don't understand. I don't know where it's coming from. He, he got skills. I love his skills. His footwork, everything about Lomachenko, I love. I I do think that he was a little <clears throat> a little guy in that, in that in that in that weight class, and I think Devin Haney and the bigger guys is gonna even make it look a little easier on him because he's older. He's not going. He's not getting younger, so right. he do needs a campaign in a different. But if he moves down to one thirty and he fights Shakur Stevenson, I don't think he has a chance against Shakur Stevenson either because Shakur Stevenson is just technically as good as Loma. He's not as experienced, but technically and speed wise he can match Loma. So I don't I don't know unless uh Shakur Stevenson's gonna move up to one thirty five. If Shakur Stevenson wanna camp campaign at one thirty, Loma is not gonna win the belt if Shakur Stevenson wants all the belts. Well, I think what I what I know is what I know is Loma is a great fighter and should be held as a great fighter. All that Twitter stuff, man, that's just dumb clicking buttons. We see what he does in the ring is amazing. And if whoever you are, wherever you're looking at, at uh, Loma from, you see the skills. That has to. So that, that, that all that what people be saying on Twitter is garbage. But if you do work for Ring Magazine for the last five years, why did I hear? I should have been hearing about you guys rating Terrence Crawford number one. All the, me, uh, all the public heard was, Lomachenko, 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 Lomachenko. We didn't hear you guys rating uh, Terrence Crawford number one. If I would have heard that, I would have never even said that because I never heard Green Magazine rated uh, Loma pound, uh, Terrence Crawford pound for pound number one. I always heard Lomachenko, even from well, Green Magazine. Let me, so Ring Magazine, by the way, it's so funny you bring that up, brother, because um, you know we've been arguing the pound-for-pound pound list. I'm on the ratings committee, and I set my pound-for-pound pound list out today. Like I, I, could, I could tweet out the email. Terrence Crawford's my number one pound-for-pound. Pound. I've been saying this, okay? There are other people at Ring that feel Canelo's pound-for-pound pound number one, and so Canelo won out. He's number one. I think when our ratings come out, I think it's going to be Canelo number one, and uh, in a way, number two, 
And I think that Crawford is going to be number three. Don't quote me, but that's right now how I think it's going to uh, settle. But you bring up Terrence Crawford. He was, I agree with that. He was 2014 Fighter of the Year, dude. Terrence Crawford was 2014 Fighter of the Year before Lomachenko was Fighter of the Year. So, again, bro, mm-hmm. you, you got you to gotta do a little research because Crawford has won awards. And, and Errol Spence has been on our pound-for-pound pound list for a long time. I think he's number five pound-for-pound. Um, there are guys like we got, I got a lot of flack from my British listeners that we don't rate Josh Taylor on our pound for pound list. We don't, we don't have him top 10 yet. Um, so I don't think he deserves it just yet. Yeah. I agree with you. I, I, I don't have him top. T- I have him like number 12. Like he's kind of like right there. He just needs that, that next W and then maybe he's there. But, the, Ramirez, the Ramirez fight. Exactly. I completely, the winner of that fight is pound for pound. Absolutely, but uh, yeah, they, they, it should move up to five. Uh, easy because it's undisputed. It's hard to get four belts, man, in this day and age. You know, yeah, with all the politics and, and, and the and bullshit. He's doing yeah. it, and, and he's and he and he's doing it by boxing skills, not just by slugging somebody out and just dropping right. them. He, Josh Taylor's beating him with a strong jab, and then he gets dirty on the inside. You gotta love boxing like that. Yeah, I actually I can't wait for Taylor Ramirez. That's going to be a great fight. But you know, I, let me ask you this. Um, and I don't know if you, if you're on Twitter and you see what's going on, but uh, to see everybody all of a sudden shitting on Loma and calling him a hype call a hype job and all this kind of stuff. I mean, would you say he was a hype job, or would you still say he's a he was a great fighter? But Lopez is going to be the next great fighter, and he's the next guy. Like, how would you word that? Uh, Loma, hands down, is, I mean, you can't, he had two gold medals. I mean, that's God's dreams. That's young kids' dreams. I uh, I have a nephew who was, in, who was, um, who was 14, and his, I know his dreams. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So he's a, he's a young amateur boxer. Okay. So he, he took, he took God's dreams away easily, too, because if you, you know, you know the amateurs, you know how flaky those, those judges are. Oh, yeah. There was no problem. Those guys, no, you know, and uh, I, he's a great fighter, man. I can't. I'm speechless when I watch him. I, he's amazing to watch. You know what I mean? His footwork to offense to defense to you know to make him guys look silly. That's not that man. That man is great. And those guys who, besides like somebody like Devin Haney, which I think that's a he was mad that Loma didn't didn't want to fight him because Loma wanted to fight probably somebody else or something like that. So he probably got a little hatred in him saying, you know, I should have been the one to beat Loma. You he know wanted to mean? fight Lopez I think first. Haney and all those guys know that Loma is a great fighter. Yeah. It's just people got Twitter thumbs and, and they like to just, you know, say a lot of both. That's a stuff. good point. That's a good point, man. You're right about that. They're just, some people may think something in real life, but they talk some shit on Twitter because it is what it is. That's a good point. Man, if I said Loma's great, you think I would get five likes? <laughs> no, if I said Loma's trash, he he got dog walking this, that, and the third. Oh man, my uh, my Twitter feed's gonna go crazy. You know what I mean? That's man. That's a you know what? Wow, that's a great point, man. What's your name, man? I didn't catch your name. Uh, my name is Dan. Dan, okay, Dan. You need to call into the show more, okay? Because this is a really good call. Great points. I, I just I just was on YouTube and I saw you live talking about Tiafimo. I went to see what you got to say. I said, "Oh man, I like I like live. I, I tune into a lot of live 
uh, uh, program. So, you know. We do this every Monday, oh brother. We do this every Monday right here. Like so we're I, here I, every Monday. I'm going to set my phone up every Monday at this time. Yes, sir. All right. I, I'll check you. I'll check in. I'll make sure I'll check in. I'll subscribe and I'll like. All right, man. Thank you so much, Dan. Really great call, man. I got to get to these other calls, brother, but that All was right, a man. great call, man. I appreciate right, it. Man. Have a good one. You too. All right. I think, I think Dan's the caller of the night so far. Um, and what's interesting is, okay, he brought up some of the things I talked about before, like the, the narratives that you hear that um, everyone's calls Loma great. And well, what about props for Terrence Crawford or, or props for Errol Spence or whoever else it is? And when I told him, hey, man, Terrence Crawford was 2014 fighter of the year. You know what I'm saying? He, he was fighter of the year before Loma was voted fighter of the year. Um, you know, that it's like, oh, okay. So like we actually had a conversation. You see that? Why isn't that happening on Twitter and YouTube and everywhere else? Um, I wish that happened more. Uh, he brought up some great points and he was you know, willing to hear me on some of my points. I, I just wish we had more of that. All right, let's get to a couple more calls here, guys. Uh, let's see, 44796, you're on the show. Hello, Mike. It's me, Hamid. Hamid, what's uh, up, man? Call it it. I got to see that caller took a lot of my points away. Uh, so oh, okay. <laughs> he, Dan steals your thunder. He stole your I, thunder. Uh, I think that was a very good call because I was going to say a lot of the things. So credit to him. He, he just beat me to it. And uh, I think he made some more interesting points as well. I will say this. Uh, I don't think that was a close fight, uh, if I'm being honest. I thought the Salido Lomachenko, I know that was bad officiated from the referee, but just judging that fight, I thought that was a lot close. Yeah, you, yeah. I mean, you can make that nine argument. Three. Yeah, you can, you can I, absolutely I can make that argument. As well. I can see 9-3 Lopez as well. I know it might be a bit wider than some people had it. I don't think it was a, like the draw card, if I'm being honest. Uh, Award has had a bad night before as well. The... It's a paid, uh, I think, not a paid, it was the uh, fight between, I think it was uh, Pastol and uh, Ramirez. I don't know, Crawford, uh, I've seen guys I respect, like yourself, Ringa, you have cards, uh, which are, I just strongly disagree. I think Lomachenko took off the first seven of the eight rounds off, and he did something similar to Klitsch, what Klitschko did with Fury, but except I think yeah. Klitschko didn't wake up until the 12th round. Uh, with this, I, I, I don't think Lomachenko deserves as much criticism as I've seen. I think Lopez hurt him early. The only thing I will think is uh, Lopez, uh, no, Lomachenko either was uh, hesitant of getting hit because I think he felt his power or he was scared of getting knocked out. Uh, I mean, or trying to figure out uh, how to take the guy deep. Uh, he should have just thrown a little bit more, but full credit to Lopez. He made him fight that fight. And Lopez, I was even saying on the day of the fight, uh, has got to go to the body. And he surprised me a lot. Like, uh, he threw a lot of body shots. He, he, early on, he was just throwing straight punches. Uh, I, I just think uh, Lopez had his number. So I'm not sure about rematch. I know Lomachenko uh, later on did well, but... His style, I think, on top of it, I, I was seeing as well, power, size, weight, all that matters. And credit mm. to Lomachenko. And I think Ward uh, and Lopez, uh, Ward hit the nail on the head. This is the reason we don't see fights like this. Because you've got a lot to lose. And 
I don't know why people are trying to shit and discredit on Lomachenko. Uh, as a professional, I get it. Some people did overrate him, especially as fans and maybe some of the media guys. Because I think you could say guys like Terence Crawford, Nayo Inui, and maybe even Canelo to a degree are maybe arguably more accomplished and may have better resumes. But at the same time, you could still maybe make a valid point that Lomachenko was... Uh, Pound for pound, number one. After I think he beat Lenares and around about now, if he beat Lopez, I definitely would have said he's. I think he he's got a clear case of being number one. Although I think Crawford should have been ranked number one after he beat Jeff Horn. I don't think Golovkin should have been ranked number one by Ring Magazine, and I know that. I agree. Not like. I don't think is uh, you can't blame everyone on Ring Magazine because the way the I, I know the way they vote is like is like what is the ten or fifteen different people so it depends on who's voting more but I think that was a bit early and I think Lomachenko maybe being one maybe was a bit early but you could definitely could have made a case because if you look at his resume Walters was a good win. Linares, I thought it was a good win. That was his first fight I liked with him. He got dropped. Uh, he had some very other good wins as well. Uh, but I think, um, I don't think he should be sticking around that lightweight. He, I, I just don't think there's uh, anything now to do. He shouldn't move down. I, I don't know about Chico Stevenson, but if he could get a fight with, uh, I, I don't think he'll happen. Javante uh, Davis and Santa Cruz, the winner of that, maybe. But. It's going to be interesting. I do think that Lopez going forward, this is good for top rank. I know some people are trying to put in the spin that top rank wanted him to win. Maybe that's true, but this this wasn't a close fight, so I don't think uh, that really mattered. Like uh, I know one of the cards was wide, but I, I, I'll stand by what I said yesterday. I think the Canelo 118-110 scorecard was worse than the 119-111 Julie Ledman scorecard. I think that was a bit too wide. Although I could see she having the right guy winning, like Lopez, I thought won about eight, maybe even nine rounds. But giving Canelo ten rounds was just atrocious. Like that, that card, I think that judge Adelie should have been banned. But if she's still judging, then I don't think anything will happen to Julie Lederman. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Is there anything we could do? Like I don't. I keep seeing this, like, and I don't think it's good. Yeah, well, let me ask you one thing before I get to that. What do you define as a close fight? All right, all right. That's a very good point. I'll give you Mayweather Maidana. That was a fight where we had one judge giving Mayweather nine rounds. But if you look at that fight, the first six rounds, you can make an argument Maidana might have been 5 or up. I thought it was about 4-2. At the same time, I thought you could make an argument that that fight Mayweather won eight rounds. But if I look at that fight... You could clearly make a case that Madonna may have won six rounds. In this fight, I just can't see that. In that fight, I don't know the one did enough to win about seven clear rounds. So I was cool at seven five, maybe eight four. But that's a, that's I think as wide as I could go with this fight. I could actually go as far as going nine three. I think even if you had a ten two to Lopez, I think that's way too wide. But at least it's for the right guy. Uh, same as Golovkin Canelo, the first fight. I thought Golovkin won 7-5, but I could go as far as saying Golovkin won 9 rounds in that fight. If someone had a 10 rounds for Golovkin, I think that's way too wide. But at least it's for the right guy. With this fight, uh, Lomachenko clearly won 2 rounds. I think 3 was probably about right. I thought he won about 3, 4 maybe, you know, 3-4 rounds is about how I saw it. But if you had a bit closer, 7-5 for Lopez, I'm not going to argue over a couple of rounds. I mean, some of those rounds were close. I just think... He gave up way too many rounds. And by the time he tried turning around, 
I think it's too late. Uh, the thing I'd say, he he should have definitely tried uh, something different. He kept, I think, going to his right. Later on, when he tried, uh, I think, spinning Lopez, he, he, I think he found something. I don't know whether or not that's enough to carry on to a rematch because I think he's going to be older. Yeah. Lopez is going to get better. That's his first real fight. I thought the Nakatani fight was close. If I'm not like, I think me and me disagreed, but I thought that fight could have been a draw. I, I think maybe no. Lopez won seven fight next day. But that, that, look at the scores for that card. For that fight, we had one judge giving Nakatani uh, I mean, one round or something like that. That's not the fight I saw. I thought Lopez, I thought Lopez won maybe seven five. I, I had a draw live. If I rewatched it, maybe if you could argue eight four. But I thought Nakatani won more than one or two rounds in that fight. You can make an argument Nakatani won maybe three rounds, but I, I thought it was a clear win for Tiafima Lopez. And I got to say, you know, a lot of people feel that Maidana may have beat Mayweather in that first fight. I completely disagree. I think it was competitive, but there's a difference between competitive and close. I thought that yeah, I thought Mayweather beat Maidana pretty decisively. It was competitive, but or I shouldn't say decisively. I should say clearly. But this fight, brother, I, I honestly feel that it was a close fight. I, I think that CompuBox and a lot of people watching gave Lopez a little too much credit in some of those close rounds for landing punches that didn't necessarily land. Now, they did push Lomachenko back, but yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, but I get what you're saying, but if one guy is not throwing, like same yeah, as yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, against Fury, uh, like I, I'm gonna have to give uh, all those rounds. Look, I think after eight rounds, I tweeted seven one uh, Lopez is probably about right. I just couldn't give Lomachenko the second round because I think he landed one or two shots, and Lopez, I thought, was coming forward, was landing more. Uh, Ring generalship matters. I think uh, he was effective as well. I know at times he was missing or landing on gloves and shoulders, mm. but we gotta take into consideration uh, body shots. Like I think if it's amateur yes. boxing, then that's different. But in professional boxing, I just think Lopez uh, built such a long lead uh, that I think he, uh, he did enough to win. I think the top round was a statement. Uh, I'm not sure if he landed 50. I don't really look at comp box, but if you just look at how many punches and uh, thrown and landed by Lomachenko, he was way too inactive. I think Lopez doubled him in throwing. I don't know about landing because I think uh, comp box is not accurate, and I don't really like looking at it. But he he did land according to them more. But I I, I don't mind if people think he was a bit more competitive or closer than I had it. But I just think clearly the right guy won and uh, yeah. I wasn't mad at the two cards I think that one card is way way too wide yeah, we, we can't have that like in boxing but the good thing is it didn't affect the outcome because I've seen that so many and now when we don't see it but I hope like that judge is not judging another fight in the future because that could be the difference between winning and losing and we've seen that in the past yeah I agree with you and, and um so the the reason why I bring up the scorecards and it's a, it's unfortunate that that's what we're talking about. If all three judges had it one fifteen one thirteen, or maybe one judge had it one sixteen one twelve, I don't think anyone will be bitching about the scorecards. Of course, some Lomachenko fans would, of course, but it wouldn't be mm. the same reaction we saw on Twitter. The the I think you don't. Yeah. Uh, the Medicare annual election period deadline is coming soon. I'm Meredith Vieira, here with examples of people who found the key to the right coverage at MyHealthPolicy.com. Meet Larry, 
He likes doing things online. I took my time and found the best Medicare Advantage plan for me at MyHealthPolicy.com. Next is Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plan, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com. And finally, Michael. I prefer face-to-face, so I chose MyHealthPolicy.com and enrolled on the spot. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including $0 premium plans, or call 1-800-GO-START. That's 1-800-GO-START. MyHealthPolicy.com. Meredith Vieira is a paid endorser. KF Agency operates MyHealthPolicy.com, not connected with or endorsed by the U.S. government or the federal Medicare program. A licensed insurance agent may call. The Medicare annual election period deadline is almost here. I'm Meredith Vieira, here with examples of people who started their search for coverage at MyHealthPolicy.com. Meet Larry. He likes doing things online, so he started at MyHealthPolicy.com. I took my time and found the coverage I was looking for, and done. Next is Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plans, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com and done. Switched to a better plan. And Michael. I met with a local licensed insurance agent face-to-face and done. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to compare top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including $0 premium plans, or call 1-800-GO-START. That's 1-800-GO-START. Meredith Vieira is a paid endorser. KF Agency operates MyHealthPolicy.com, not connected with or endorsed by the U.S. government or the federal Medicare program. A licensed insurance agent may call. Ugas, your Dennis Ugas tweeted out, um, something, and I'm paraphrasing, but he tweeted out something like, man, that was such a, a good performance by Lopez, but again, we're talking about judges. Once again, a great night ruined because now everyone's talking about judges, not the fight. And he, he was on point. I retweeted it because he was absolutely correct. Julie Letterman, this was a bad scorecard. And once again, though, Ahmed, she's from New York. Yeah. Teofimo Lopez is from New York. So... If you're I heard a, someone make that point. If you're a fight fan who thinks the fix was in, I look, I don't think the fix was in at all, but I do I, there's certain things I can't say on the record, Hamed, but I will say comfortably, I'll put this on the record, top rank wanted Tiafima Lopez to win. They're ecstatic right can now. I, okay. But right, I'm not saying something? conspiracy theory. All I'm saying is the optics of that for people who believe in conspiracy theories, it doesn't help. It just doesn't help. Yeah, yeah, no, no, you're right. But what I'm trying to say, this was a fight. Uh, we obviously we've seen this with Al Heyman. He always had one scorecard, which is way wide, like Karabov and I think Charlo, 119, 109. We could tell he's obviously got a judge in there. Like he, we know who he, like the you know the house who they want to, to win the house or whatever. In this case, uh, I don't think you could play the victim card. Although I get it, like with Golovkin. And with Kovalev, we've seen it in the past. At the same time, uh, obviously, top rank wanted Lopez to win. He's more marketable, and we know all the reasons. The guy could become a future star. I, I think Lomachenko, uh, amongst casual, just doesn't move the needle. Like, he's 32, and that's not his fault. He, he doesn't speak English. He's, uh, you know, he's done as good as he can, and I think he's maybe over-accomplished as a pro. I think he's probably the greatest amateur, but just looking at it, from that aspect, maybe you can make that case. Like, uh, if it was a close fight, Lopez would have got the benefit of the doubt because yeah. they had a New York judge in last week. It's Vegas, clear I think I he was going to win a close say. fight. That, that that much is clear. Yeah, that much is clear. 
But luckily, it didn't come down to that. I think a majority of the people I've seen uh, were pretty much in agreement that Lopez won about eight clear rounds. So uh, I think the right guy won, and I don't think it was a controversial fight. We just had a controversial judge. Uh, Golovkin-Canelo, that was way different. You had a judge that had it way too wide, and then a lot of people were mad. that they, I had it a bit closer, but they were mad that Golovkin got shafted. And I still had Golovkin winning, and I could see both sides of the argument. And I think that was a lot more controversial because Adley Bill giving Canelo 10 rounds. I think that might be one of the worst scorecards. He's up there with probably that 114-114 CJ Ross. CJ Ross scorecard. Yeah. No, you know what? You bring up a great point, Ahmed. You're you're right. That scorecard from Adelaide Bird was a worse scorecard because then then Julie Letterman's scorecard because she had it not only so wide but for the wrong fighter. And in this case, um, you just you see, uh, Lopez is not an establishment name. So for people out there playing the victim card for Lomachenko, like I, I do, I agree with you, you on that, Hamed. That's you can't say that in this fight because uh, Lopez is a young guy. He's going to be the establishment at one point going forward. He's going to be the house establishment fighter, and he's going to get the benefit of the doubt from all the Nevada judges. I just think it's a really bad look that Julie Letterman was brought in from New York to score this fight when all the bubble yeah. fights. All the bubble fights have been guys like uh, what Robert Byrd, you know, those Nevada guys. They were nowhere near this fight. Why are you flying in people from New York? And then they turn in a 119-109 card when Lomachenko clearly won at least three rounds. Okay? Uh, yeah. 9, oh, 10, yeah, I and 11. Right. I mean, come on. So, so yeah. yeah, yeah. 10 is wide and 11 is atrocious. 10 is very wide as well. I think the thing I will see is uh, – uh, to Lomachenko's defense, and people who do think he's been uh, like some people say, and I know it's the heat. I'm not even going to address the whole. They try playing it like he's had some special treatment. I he, think he absolutely is well. not. Like he, yeah, and the thing we've got to look at that guy in the second pro fight against Salido, we had a very bad uh, like the referee was very bad in that fight. I, I thought he lost to Salido. I think I had about eight four, maybe seven five. Salido, I just think he wasn't ready, and he learned a lot from that. And there's nothing wrong with taking the loss, but at the same time, yeah. uh, we had a very bad referee in there, and this fight we had a bad judge. So for people saying like he's getting some sort of special treatment, uh, this is not this is not Mayweather in Vegas where. Normally, a lot of the judges and referees were, but then again, Mayweather was—I mean, he was the house fighter. So yeah. I mean, it's different. Like uh, I, I do get, I do get like uh, the sense that some Eastern European fighters have been shafted. But I just think this fight wasn't that. Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see what, where Lomachenko goes. But I, I think some people need to stop comparing. Uh, Lomachenko's as a professional. I think his career isn't finished yet. Like I've seen people comparing him to Mayweather. As an amateur, you could say, obviously, he overachieved. And I've seen guys like, uh, just, you know, say he's way better than guys like Crawford and Uri. At the moment, uh, you can make an argument that you may have had him ranked ahead. I think we just got to, let's just see how his professional career plays out. He's achieved a lot. One of the rare few guys to win a title, I think, in the third, uh, third pro fight. Uh, but, like, uh, you know, I think some people, have, especially his fans, I think over... 
rate him to a degree, but I think we get that with all fighters. So I don't really like looking at that. But I, I do think that, you know, some people are being way too overcritical. The guy is a very good fighter, probably the greatest amateur fighter. And as a professional, I think of this either, he's probably one of the greats of his either. In this, he came up against a bigger, stronger, better guy on the night. And there's nothing wrong with losing. I just think it's the whole Mayweather either. And I just think that's kind of sweet, boxing fans. And, but the only thing I will agree with you, I didn't like the, some of the fighters. Like I, I don't know what, what that is. I don't know if it's prejudice, if it's because uh, he's been getting a lot of credit. But like guys like Chico Stevenson, these guys are meant to be on top rank. Like, I didn't get that. I thought that was odd. Yeah, I, Hamed, I got to get to these other calls, but you bring up All great right. points. Great points, man. Great call. Um, definitely All call right, it again, you. brother. All right, that's and, you know, a great point that Hamed put it, he, I, I like the words he chose where he said that Lomachenko did not get any special treatment because that was a really good way to put it, Hamed, because that is what's being suggested by a lot of people, by the Lomachenko detractors. And you go back to that fight with Orlando Salido. Once again, Hamed brings up a good point. It's not as if the referee, and it was Lawrence Cole, but Lawrence Cole wasn't helping Lomachenko in that fight. He was getting punched in the balls dozens of times. The, the videos are on YouTube. You can see it for yourself, guys. And there wasn't one warning from Lawrence Cole. There wasn't one stern warning. Um, Salido came in overweight. He was uh, a lot heavier that night. And uh, it's not like top rank said, oh, this fight's off. We're going a different way, right? The very next fight when he fights Gary Russell Jr., that you want to talk about a one-sided fight. That was a nine rounds to three clear type of fight you could even make an argument 10 rounds to two for Lomachenko well judge Lisa Giampa had it 114-114 so the fix was in I'm not gonna I shouldn't say the fix was in but there was bias obviously against Lomachenko in the fight against Gary Russell Jr. everybody knows that wasn't a draw so when you see a, it's what it's one thing guys if it happens once but when you see a pattern emerging we can point to the Salido fight. We can point to the Russell fight. And now we can point to Letterman's card in the Lopez fight. There are several instances here. I'm just looking off the screen here, guys, to, to Lomachenko's resume, where we've seen some things going on that make you kind of scratch your head. You're like, what, what the hell? Lisa Giampa, did you really think that the fight between Lomachenko and Gary Russell Jr. was a draw? No one else saw that. So... That's the kind. I think that's why, again, there are people out there, when you couple that with what we've seen with Kovalev, Golovkin, and some other fighters, it's like, hey, man, what's going on here? And then more than that, you see people on Twitter talking the way they talk, and not just fans, but fighters. Shakur Stevenson is a top-ranked fighter. For him to pile on and shit all over Lomachenko, they weren't in the same weight class. There was no business between them. I mean, with Devin Haney and the WBC thing, you could see why Haney might go after Loma a little bit. But Shakur Stevenson, dude, that's your stablemate. You're in the same promotional outfit. You're dissing this guy. You're going after him on Twitter. Like, it just, there does seem to be something going on with that. And, and I think, um, look, yeah, do I think you should cry and play victim? No. But I understand why some fans out there feel that there's something going on with this because there's a pattern. It's not an isolated incident. It's I see it every day on Twitter. I saw it here in the comments. I had to boot a couple people out because they didn't make one comment. I, I had to ban two people here today in the chat because they didn't make one comment or two comments. One dude made like 20 straight comments that just said, fuck Loma. That's all it said. 
He just kept saying that over and over. Dude, that's like extreme. Like you're like emotionally extreme with that. I gotta, I gotta block you at that point. Like it's just over. Like say something else. Say something that has intelligence behind it. So that's the kind of stuff that uh, we just see more and more and more of, man. All right, real quick, guys. I see a few more of you on the lines. <clears throat> we're we're at an hour and a half now. I have to get to a couple of these items. If you guys want to hang on the line, I'll get to your calls. If not, we'll do it next week. But um, also on the card, I need to mention, okay, Arnold Barboza Jr. improves to 25-0 and 0, uh, with a unanimous decision win over Alex Saucedo. That was a really good performance from Barboza. He did get dropped in the seventh round, but he stepped up his game in this fight. He stepped up his uh, – just – all his levels looked heightened in this fight. He really looked dialed in. I thought this fight would be more competitive than it was. It was competitive, but Barboza was a clear winner, the clear winner. And I thought that was a really good statement performance from him. He really showed a great motor. Also, uh, Josue Vargas, unanimous decision win over Kendo Castaneda. That fight underperformed. That was just not a, not a good fight. Edgar Berlanga, 15-0. He – I – I said that this would go two or three rounds at least. I really thought that against Linnell Bellows. TKO, one win for Berlanga. The thing is, that was a premature stoppage. Yeah, he put hands on this dude. He was stunned. But the ref didn't have to stop it right there. So that, to me, felt like a little bit of home cooking to keep that streak going. That's just the way it appeared. Okay, quick preview time. Uh, This Thursday, October 22nd, there's a card from Mexico on UFC Fight Pass. Friday, October 23rd, DAZN actually has two cards. One from Milano, Italia, featuring Fabio Turki going up against uh, Nicholas Grisunius, Grisunins, Cruiserweights. Also a card from Mexico City. Good card. Juan Francisco Estrada fighting a rematch with Carlos Cuadras. This is a rematch from their first fight in 2017 for the WBC Super Flyweight title. Also on that card, Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez going up against Israel Gonzalez. The Battle of the Gonzalez's for the WBA 115 Super Flyweight title. So obviously the plan here is for Estrada and Chocolatito to win so they can have a rematch. I think they first fought in like 2012. Don't quote me if I'm getting a year wrong. But it was in LA, I believe, in 2012. And it was a great win, a massively underrated win for Chocolatito. Also on this card, uh, Julio Cesar Martinez defending his flyweight title. And then Saturday, October 24th, PBC and Showtime, Mohegan Sun Casino in Connecticut. Sergey Lo- uh, Lipinets, Sergey Lipinets, 16-1, going up against Custio Clayton, 18-1, a Canadian. First fight outside of his homeland, and he is not qualified for this fight, but he's a last-second replacement. Uh, Kudratio Abdukakarov was originally going to fight Lipinets. I was actually really excited for this matchup. That was a good matchup on paper, but he had to withdraw due to visa issues, so Clayton steps in. Slight buzzkill, but um, should be fun nonetheless. A couple of prospects on this card. Xavier Martinez, uh, 15-0, 130-pounder out of Sacramento, going up against Dominican veteran Claudio Marrero. And Malik Hawkins, 18-0, 140-pound prospect out of Baltimore, going up against Subrio Matias, the Puerto Rican mostly known for the tragic situation with Maxim Dadashev. This is the guy who fought 
Dadashev, and of course Dadashev died uh, soon thereafter, coming off his first loss. So uh, yeah, that's what we have for the preview, guys. All right, let me jump to. We have one more call, then we're going to wrap it up. I'm sorry for some of you. There was a few calls there that had to drop off. I apologize, guys. We'll take one last call. All right, let me jump to it real quick. Six six one. You're on TNC. Go. Hey, Mike, this is Danny calling from Bakersfield. What's up, man? Uh, just driving home from work, man, listening to the show. Awesome, hey, I, brother. I just wanted to talk about the, uh, what you got? the uh, Telfimo uh, Lomachenko fight real quick. Uh, I actually just tuned in. I was only able to listen to Hamed's call, so uh, okay. I don't know if, if uh, I repeat things. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I was able to catch only Hamed's call. Um, I thought, uh, first of all, I scored a draw, um, but I think if you were going to make an argument for a winner, I think the right man won. Yes. Um, that's just the way I see it. Uh, I don't know how you saw it. I, I agree. I agree. I, you know, I watched it a second time. I talked about this earlier in the show, and I scored at 115-113 for Lopez. I, you could absolutely make an argument 116-112 for Lopez. I think that anything wider than that is a little too wide. But um, if there was a winner, it was clearly Lopez, not Lomachenko. He just gave away too many early rounds. Yeah, and you see, um, I kind of have a problem with that phrase. Um, uh, he gave away too many rounds. I don't know if he gave them away. I think, you know, it was uh, Lopez's, you know, IQ and, you yeah. know, heavy hands that yeah. that made, you know, Lomachenko think about what he was doing in there. You know, and I, I don't know if, if anybody else has given him the, the credit for that. You know, I hear that a lot, Lomachenko gave up too many rounds and I don't think he gave them up. I think it was Lopez, you know, putting the pressure on him and putting, putting the leather on him. I, I completely agree. I, I do think to a certain degree, <clears throat> Lomachenko, it was his strategy to start slow and to take Lopez into the deep waters. However, by about the third, fourth, fifth round, you could tell that Lopez was giving Lomachenko real problems and it took him several rounds to make adjustments and to really start taking chances. It wasn't until the seventh round that we saw Loma taking real chances. So I agree with you that Lopez deserves credit for that. And there are too many people focused on Lomachenko here. The reality is we need to be more focused on Lopez. You know, uh, this was a great performance. And he is, to do this at 23 when most fighters his age are fighting B-level guys, I think it's huge, and he set an example for what I hope more young fighters do in taking on the best. Yes, uh, and you know what? His press fight, uh, his, uh, his post fight uh, press conference, uh, I think he said all the right things. You know, uh, I, I became a, uh, a big, big fan of Telfimo because I have been following his career. Uh, but I wasn't a huge fan because of all the trash talk that yeah. he was doing. And he seemed, he has seemed to tone it down. Um, I don't know if he's just, it's just maturity kicking in or, you know, he, he's married now. He's starting to, you know, to, uh, start a family and he, he talked about building a home. Um, I really hope he talks to his dad 
and tells his dad, you know, hey, slow down with the trash talk because I think he can be, he can become a huge, huge star. I'm talking, you know, Manny Pacquiao star if his dad, you know, shuts his mouth up a little bit and, and becomes more likable. Unless yeah. they try to go that Mayweather route and, and, and you know, just become the uh, the villain and say, you know what, you know, let's just be hated by everybody. I completely agree with you. Uh, Floyd kind of had to play the victim role because he wasn't the most exciting fighter. Uh, Lopez, even though this fight with Lomachenko, the first half wasn't good, the second half was very good. It was exciting. And he's an entertaining fighter. He has a great personality. And there are big, big possible fights for him down the line with the Taylor Ramirez winner, with Terrence Crawford down the line. I think you're going to see a fight between Crawford and Lopez before you see a fight between Spence and Lopez. As bad as that is most, I mean, that sucks, you know, but it's still great if we get Lopez and Crawford down the line. Um, So there are so many possibilities there. I completely agree with you. And if down the line we get fights between Lopez, uh, Ryan Garcia, Devin Haney, Tank, you know, uh, Javante Davis. If we see all these guys fight each other, Shakur Stevenson, dude, boxing will be healthy. But if these guys don't fight each other, it will suffer. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's what he said in his uh, in his post fight press conference, which I really liked, and I, you know, one hundred percent agreed with. He said, you know, in order to be money made, you have to be pretty boy first, which is what a lot of people don't see. A lot of these young new fighters don't don't seem to understand. I completely agree, man. Good stuff, brother. I got to jump off because my battery's dying yeah. on my phone. <laughs> but, uh, hey, man, call in any time, yeah. bro. Sure, sure. Uh, hey, and, and actually, I wanted to just point out, I don't know, you might remember me. We met at the Love Kid Mart Erosion. I was the one with the, with the cowboy boots buying all that beer. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah that's that, uh, it's StubHub. A, yeah. Yeah, stuff out. That's right. Yeah. It's the man, first that's time, awesome. First time calling in, man. I've, I've been wanting to do it for a while. Dude, yeah, call in any time, bro. Yeah, but uh, I just wanted to give my uh, my two cents on the bike, you know. Uh, I think the, the right man got the nod. I completely agree, man. I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, thanks for uh, for taking my call, Mike, and uh, uh, I'll, I'll, be make, I'll make sure to call in next time all right brother have a good one yeah you too bye-bye yeah that's awesome yeah i remember man uh uh marta Rocha, i think that's when it wasn't even called StubHub anymore I, it might have been dignity health sports depot whatever the hell they call it now but yeah absolutely brother i remember you oh man that's so cool um okay real quick guys before we jump off here super chat pledge from love eight hate Thank you so much. Uh, you posted a super chat. I want to say 30 plus minutes ago. I'm sorry. I'm just now getting to it. Uh, he says, do you think Lomachenko will go down as an all-time great? The Cold War, LOL. Yeah, there's a lot of the Cold War stuff going on on social media. Um, and look, you know, I don't like talking about politics on the show. I really don't. But there are times where boxing overlaps politics. This is an instance of it. I don't want to delve too much into that and like focus on it too much. But I feel... I'm seeing it everywhere. I, the last 48 hours, I've seen it nonstop. So I felt compelled 
to address it. And several of you guys on the chat here on YouTube and several callers brought it up. So it's on people's minds. So there is a bit of a Cold War going on. Look, 20 years from now, there's going to be names like Lomachenko and stuff. Kids, young boxing fans are going to be used to those names. It's not going to threaten them as much. And there will be a new group of people coming in that everyone's going to be shitting on. It's just the way it goes. Anyway, your other question. Will Lomachenko go down as an all-time great? Um, I don't think he's done enough yet to be an all-time great. And to, to, for him to be an all-time great, he'd have to go on a significant run right now at like 130 or 126. He'd have to have another title run. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer already. Titles in three weight classes, legit titles. Uh, again, beating Gary Russell at 26, Gary Russell is still the best featherweight in the world. The guys he beat at 130 were quality. And at lightweight, I told you his record. Guys, this, Loma's record at lightweight, he's fought five times, is four and one. But the guys he fought, their combined record, 138, 12, and three. They unified three titles. And a close points loss, a competitive points loss to Tiafima Lopez, if he goes on to be a great fighter, there's absolutely no shame in that. So Lomachenko has a chance. People say, well, he's only got 16 pro fights. Yeah, but he's got over 400 fucking amateur fights. 396 and one amateurs, but then the World Series of Boxing. That matters. Two gold medals, that matters. As Dan said, the caller of the night, he crushed dreams when he won those gold medals, right? So I, I think that it absolutely goes into the package. And if he goes on another title run at 30 or 26, um, maybe he can get to that status. But when, you, when I think all-time great, bro, there were three all-time greats in the last generation. That was Mayweather, Pacquiao, and Vladimir Klitschko. Those were the three all-time greats. Guys like Miguel Cotto, Juan Manuel Marquez, Vitaly Klitschko were great fighters, Hall of Famers, first ballot, in my opinion. But just short of that, they just weren't all-time great level fighters. They weren't on that level where you put them on a pedestal as a cut above. So for Lomachenko to get to that status, he's going to have to uh, – one of you guys in the chat says, Klitschko is not an all-time great. Yes, he is. He is one of the top dozen or so heavyweights of all time. Um, and I'm not alone in that opinion. He will get in the Hall of Fame this year, his first year on the ballot, mark my words. So I, there was another super chat. Oh, my man, John Uden on the super chat. Thank you so much. I'm sorry. I'm just getting to yours, brother. He says, do you think Letterman let the Lopez cheering section affect her scoring? The competition at 168 is thin for Berlanga. Would Anthony Sims fight him? Ooh, that'd be an interesting fight between Berlanga and Anthony Sims. I think politically, though, that won't happen. But I agree with you. 168, I think, is an overrated division right now. It's not the division it was five years ago. It's just not. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that Berlanga could make some noise. But, dude, we got to see him go rounds. We've got to see him go rounds. We got to see how he looks against a guy that can punch back. And the guy that he fought in Bellows, um, he didn't look like a super middleweight to me. He looked a lot smaller. He looked gun shy. And he's just not a top-level fighter. So let's see Berlanga fight a top-rated top-20 guy, then a top-15, then top-10, and let's see what he does. The knockout streak will stop, and it will be the best thing that could happen to him. He does have legit power. He really, really does. And um, perhaps he can get some things done at 168. It's just way too soon to tell, bro. As far as Letterman letting the 
Lopez cheering section affect her? Maybe. You know, I I, I don't know. But, again, it it just – that scorecard was so off the reservation. I don't know if I'm allowed to use that expression anymore, if if that's been outlawed. But it was so out of the realm of possibility. Like, that was just such a bad scorecard. Perhaps it was something like that. Uh, Perhaps she just thought uh, Lomachenko – all the punches he landed in the 8th through 11th rounds, which, by the way, guys, let me real quickly, for those of you who are still watching, I feel I should bring this up. Again, I don't want to bring up CompuBox. I, I'm actually starting to lose a lot of confidence in CompuBox. I think that there are some things happening over there that are conflicts of interest with the way they've, they're getting into media more and more. I don't, I don't like that. They're supposed to be separate from media, and they're working their way into certain media channels. That makes me nervous. But rounds 9 through 11, Lomachenko landed 72 punches, Lopez only 50. So in those rounds, I mean, clearly Lomachenko, just from punch numbers, did the better work. But then if you actually look at the ring generalship and everything else, he was pushing Lopez back and being the aggressor. For her to only give him one round, I just, I have, it's so difficult to understand because I don't want to say she's being corrupt. I don't want to put that out there. All right. I don't know what the hell happened. But all I can all I can add, the only word I could use is incompetent. She's just incompetent. And if you're getting paid as a professional judge, and we see this over and over and over, dude, the incompetence has to stop. Lewis Ritson got a split decision win over Miguel Vasquez last weekend. Vasquez uh did the better work, clearly won the fight. It was close. It was competitive. I mean, you can make an argument maybe for a draw or something. Michael Alexander at 115-113, I don't agree with that score, but at least it's not terrible. But Terry O'Connor had a 117-111, nine rounds to three for Ritson. That is not the fight that took place. The thing is, that's not even the worst. You know, well, maybe it is the worst card of the weekend because he had it for the wrong guy to bring up Hamed's point. But – I just don't know how Letterman got that score, man. I just don't. That was just really, really strange. All right, guys. Man, what a show today. Holy shit. I feel like I need a beer or something. Awesome show. Awesome calls, guys. We'll do it again next Monday. We'll be right back here. I'll see you at the fights. The Medicare annual election period deadline is coming soon. I'm Meredith Vieira, here with examples of people who found the key to the right coverage at MyHealthPolicy.com. Meet Larry. He likes doing things online. I took my time and found the best Medicare Advantage plan for me at MyHealthPolicy.com. Next is Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plan, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com. And finally, Michael. I prefer face-to-face, so I chose MyHealthPolicy.com and enrolled on the spot. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including $0 premium plans, or call 1-800-GO-START. That's 1-800-GO-START. MyHealthPolicy.com. Meredith Vieira is a paid endorser. KF Agency operates MyHealthPolicy.com, not connected with or endorsed by the U.S. government or the federal Medicare program. A licensed insurance agent may call.
Keep all your entertainment options centered with Xfinity X1. Access live TV, Netflix, and now Hulu and Peacock. Ah, streaming zen. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Xfinity X1 gives you the most complete entertainment experience with everything from live TV to your DVR to on-demand favorites and your streaming apps. Just use your voice remote to easily find what you want to watch. Go to Xfinity.com or call 1-800-XFINITY today to learn more. Xfinity, the future of awesome. Restrictions apply. Netflix, Hulu, and Peacock memberships required.